CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Kim Fox is a proven progressive reformer fighting gun crime, enacting bail reform, and expunging records from the failed war on crime are a few of her achievements. It takes more than three years to fix the broken justice system. Look at her record, not the rhetoric. Re-elect Kim Fox for Cook County State's Attorney. Paid for by Friends for Fox. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, March 17th is just moments away. Ben has washed his hands. He's good. Everybody, live stream audience, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, before we get into hour number two, we'd like to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, not Aerosmith, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this show. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show, hour one and two for Tuesday, March 17th is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. All right, I think everybody listening right now just been waiting days and days <laughs> for a song of the day. <clears throat> and uh, Ben and I had a uh, pre-show meeting. Oh, he did. gave me a ride to the studio because I'm not riding that damn train. <laughs> he said, uh, we're going to do two for Tuesday. Uh -oh. Today is two for Tuesday. So two we're going to do, Tuesday. Ben's going to give us two songs of the day. Oh, two. I forgot about that. Well, you came up with it. <laughs> Yo, D, man. Let's do two for Tuesday. Okay. Oh, Here it is. All right. Song number one. This is an obvious one. I've been thinking about this all day. This this shows how trendy and cool I am. Locked up. Won't let me out. Locked up. You know that song, D? No. <laughs> and then this song. Gene, take it easy. Gene, Gene. Because that's how I should be. Take it easy, everybody. We're locked up. But take it easy. <laughs> do you know that song? Either one. No. You didn't know Take It Easy? Or oh, what? I know Take It Easy. I know Take It Easy. Yeah, Tentory yeah. Points. Who sings Take It Easy? Uh, is that, uh, that's not Steve Miller Band, is it? No, but it's you're you're in the the ballpark because it's one of JB Pritzker's favorite. Oh, it's the Eagles. That is correct. I get my I get my uh, Steve Miller's and Eagles mixed you get up. Your you know? JB Pritzker favorite bands mixed ah. up. Is what <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. Turned your mic down. It is Tuesday, March 17th, and live from the freshly clean Chicago Sun-Time, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, our Chicago Reader colleague, Maya Dugmasova, will join us over the phone. Our good friend, Mark Sims, returns over the phone, and it's The Ben Jarofsky Show live debut of Henry Davis Jr. over the phone. And now your host, 
not over the phone. <laughs> no. He's right here. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this live from the shelter Tuesday. And here's why. Great weekend. You have a great weekend, D? No. <laughs> yeah. None of us had a great weekend. <laughs> yeah, even I can't pretend I had a great Man, this weekend sucked, everybody. I won't lie to you, okay? We were all locked up. That was why I sang that song. It's locked up. I believe the singer's name, it's a rap. Akon? You ever heard of Akon, D? Yes. Okay, well, it's called Locked Up, and for the longest... I only know about it because they played it at the bowling alley, and for, I liked it. It was like, oh, this sounds good. And for the longest time, I thought they were saying Dr., I thought the guy was saying, so I, if someone would come on, I'd be walking around going, doctor, don't let me out. And then uh, the young ones, oh, uh, Ben, that would be, it's not doctor, it's locked up. So, oh, but it's appropriate because we're essentially locked up in the song. He's locked up in jail, but it, of course, we've been locked in our homes. And it was, yeah, the weekend was not a good weekend, everybody. We all know we're putting up, doing the best we can. The coronavirus outbreak got everybody terrified. I'm scared. I'm whopping everything down. My wife said, okay, you're going to the studio today. You got to wipe everything down. And she she just went straight to Dennis because she knew Dennis was a responsible one. And the, the young man from Alton really did a great job. This whole place, like coronavirus germs are running. Oh, no, here comes Dennis. <laughs> There's No wonder they call him the doctor. I said, there goes one right now. Well, if we've learned anything from this program is that our host, Ben Jarofsky, is very old. <laughs> I got to look out for this guy. All right. I, I mean, wiped his chair down, his microphone. I got you. Oh, hey, can you put Harold Washington up, please? Did you wipe Harold Washington? No, I'll wipe that now. Hold right on. Now. Watch this. This is how you do it. That's not eight. how you do it. Oh, yeah. there, there we go. go. Nice. There, that is man. how you do it. Good job. A little respect for the greatest mayor the city of Chicago ever had, the greatest politician of the, I would say, the post-World War II era, the great Harold Washington. That's correct. Thank you. Robert Mueller knows who the greatest mayor the city of Chicago has ever had, Harold Washington. Come on. It's not that the competition was that great. Anyway, what did I do? I watched Spies in Disguise, one of the dumbest movies of all time. I thought, D, you know, you know what I'm going to do? It's such a somber, scary time. I'm going to watch a frivolous, funny movie. So I got this animated flick, Will Smith. Oh, my God, people, it was horrible. I do not urge anybody to watch it. Got it out of Redbox. Walk, don't run? No. Crawl, don't walk. <laughs> okay. Uh, and by the way, I say this, I'm going to throw this out there. You know, usually when I talk about how I still watch movies and DVDs, all the people of the hipster millennial persuasion are like, oh, oh God. Oh, no, seriously, you don't. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then they like text each other and stuff. <laughs> Guess who like was lined up at the Jewel? All these hipsters. I'm like, oh, isn't this interesting? A little hipster millennial. <laughs> Oh, don't talk to me. That's something. People, like, they're not really in a talkative mood at the Jewel these days. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, it's like cutthroat in that Jewel. You know, everybody's trying to get that bread. If you notice that the bread is going fasty, like, people are really stuck. Why are you stockpiling on bread? That's kind of a weird thing to stockpile. But whatever, they're stockpiling on bread. So they're not really talkative in the red box line. I've noticed that, by the way, in the past. I guess kind of like a, think about it. Like, I walk up to someone in the red box line. This, by the way, for uh, millennials who don't know what a red box is, literally a red box in like a jewel, which is a grocery store. And uh, did you miss us, guys? We've been gone all weekend. <laughs> I, I worry about my millennials. Learning what a red box is today, everybody. Uh, uh, and a jewel. Yeah. I take nothing for granted. So anyway, you you still get the DVDs out of them, and uh, you know I'm always surprised at how many millennials are actually using the red box, but they don't really like it. Some old guy walks up to them. Oh, I saw that movie. Okay, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie. 
Anyway, so at the Redbox line, I got Spies in Disguise, terrible movie, but you know what? I have a confession to make. I can't believe I liked it as much as I did. Dude. Really? Yeah. You enjoyed it? Oh, uh, God, I'm embarrassed. You're a sucker it. for that Will Smith. I do love Will Smith. Then I watched a whole bunch of Larry David. Love Larry David. You know, the world could be coming to an end, but Larry David's got his own problems he's dealing with. Oh, did you watch those DVDs I got you? No, I still am on season one. Oh, I, okay? okay, I don't okay. think I'm finished right, with season yeah. one. I saw the one where Larry David... Um, I really, I can't believe uh, they went this way. Did you see the one with the obituary? Mm-hmm. Where the aunt, he misspelled aunt. Oh, yeah. Instead of, well, mm-hmm. whatever. Please anyway, watch your language. Yeah, I'm not going to say it, but he misspelled it, and all trouble broke loose. It was 20 years ago that he wrote that. I got him season five, guys, before it was uh, one of the most disgusting ideas ever at the moment. I uh, went to Goodwill, and I bought uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, uh, no. Season Good- five for Ben. I think Goodwill is, is, like four bucks. is booming. People were still going to Goodwill. Oh. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, that's that's what I did. I went to the Jewel. I spent a lot of time at the Jewel. A very edgy, a very nerve-wracking experience. People like, don't get too close to me. Stay away from me. And then there's like weird hoarding going on. So like obviously the um, any any the the, clen- the aisle with all the clen- cleansing goods and stuff gone you know but then I'm like buying stuff like weird stuff that I think has like remotely soaps like shaving cream you can still get shaving cream couldn't shaving cream help thee if like you sprayed this with shaving cream wouldn't that like kill the germs no <laughs> anyway I uh, spent a lot of time watching our president. I think everybody, uh, I know I'm in lefty land here. This guy is the most pathetic president the United States has ever had. I'm telling you that. Well, I, I just have to say in my lifetime, because I don't know how bad they were before I was born. His Yesterday was one of those things where Donald Trump was p- trying to be serious and somber. I guess apparently the pollsters got to him and told him, boss, you're in a heap of trouble. And so, uh, you know, he's... He, uh. Habita, habita. <laughs> so he's trying to be all somber and serious. And half the time, no, he's lost all credibility with at least half the country. And folks, all my Trump listeners out there, I know you believe anything he tells you, even if it contradicts what he told you the day before. You guys are so clueless and pathetic. You're worse than Chicago voters who are pretty clueless and pathetic. But that performance yesterday had to have you scared. Like they even asked him, like, did you take the test? You know, the, the coronavirus test. And it's he's now his line is he took it but when they asked him the question d i don't know if you noticed this it was like he was strangely incapable of explaining what the test was and i'm watching i'm going i'm not sure this guy took the test so now it's like it's sort of like with rom and the laquan mcdonald video for, uh, for our out of town uh, uh, uh listeners laquan McD- uh, mcdonald was a 16 year old was killed by chicago police uh, they had a video of the the, the shooting rom kept it he- hidden until after he was safely reelected, and then he only released it uh, after a judge ordered him into in a, in a freedom of information suit and a public access suit so he uh, released it and then when he released it rom said i never watched it and so nobody believed him it's sort of a similar thing like with trump it's like when your leaders do so much prevarication, so much lying, outright lying, so much ducking and dodging and evading, you don't really trust them. And it, it really hurts at critical moments, at crises, like the one we're facing now with coronavirus, like the one we faced when Ron was uh, mayor and we were suddenly this crisis of confidence uh, with our government, people in the streets protesting because of the shooting of Laquan McDonald in the video. And you, when your leaders lie to you on a regular basis, you can't trust them, and that's uh, that's where we're at right now with this president of the United States. I emerged from my cocoon, D, in time to vote. 
Yeah, I voted. Okay. Well, I know you're going to want to talk about that later, whether we should even have had elections at all. But uh, I voted. I voted today. Uh, it was kind of crowded in there. Am I? There was like, I'd say five other people. Sometimes I'm the only guy. Yeah, that's why I say five. I was other very people. conflicted. I, I went and early voted yesterday. I was just conflicted. Like, all right, so do I uh, completely avoid everybody at home, or do I go uh, stand in a group uh, in a room with a bunch of strangers and go vote? Me- <laughs> what do I do? Wow, that was like. That was confliction. I know that was like kung kung fu fighting. Remember that song? Remember that song from the seventies? All right, we've gone two songs of the day. Don't do three, please. Uh, Everybody was kung fu fight. Little Jackie Chan. Um, Was there anybody in the uh, at your voting? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there were people there, huh? Uh huh. Okay, there were people there. Uh, Well, there were people there where I voted, and uh, but I'll tell you this: we'll get into this later. I think that's one of your news items, right? Did we do pre-show prep and talk about this thing? I was cleaning the studio. Oh, that was our pre-show prep, (laughs) folks. You got to see Dennis clean. I'm cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. He really got into it, man. Everything is clean here. You could eat off of that table. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, So yes, I voted today. And should I reveal who I voted for, D? Um, yeah. There's two schools of thought on this one, D. One is the school of thought that most uh, journalists abide by, which is you never tell people how you voted. Some journalists won't even vote. They're like, well, you know, if I vote, that's a conflict of interest, so I'm not going to vote. There's actually some who do that. They won't vote. Uh, and then there's the other school of thought is, who's kidding who? Everybody knows who I voted for. Everybody knows. Okay. Oh, for how many months have I been saying, oh, well, number one, two, three, <laughs> number one is Bernie. What do you guys think? Like at the last minute, you know, Biden jumped ahead of Bernie? Come on, I watched the debate on Sunday. You watched the debate too. You're political junkies. You know, Bernie mopped the floor with Biden. No, oh, I know you Biden lovers. I got a lot of Biden lovers out there. You go, oh, I thought Joe did well. Yeah. Compared to Trump, Joe is Abraham Lincoln, okay? But uh, compared to Bernie on the stage, let's be honest. Bernie mopped the floor with them. I think we're being honest there, right? It's like saying, well, when the Bulls lose to the Bucks, even though I love the Bulls, I got to say the Bucks are a better team. So I think it's pretty clear and obvious, being objective, that Bernie mopped the floor with Biden. Although Bernie stumbled uh, on when, at the early start uh, part of the debate. I don't know if you saw this. He kept calling the coronavirus the Ebola uh, virus. He got yeah. it mixed up. And then he blamed Biden. Typical thing. Now, that was slick, Bernie. Babe, are you put it in my head, Joe. What you're talking about? And Biden's looking at him like, huh? <laughs> By the way, he's like, the, the whole thing is that old people are in trouble. Like, everybody's looking out for me. God bless every single person that I know. Every person of the millennial uh, persuasion is like, Ben, we're worried about you because you're old. And here we have like guys older than me running for president. It's come to three of them. It's gonna one of the the, the, the obviously it's either Trump, Bernie, or uh, Biden. They're all in their upper seventies. Anyway, uh, two old guys debating. I thought uh, Bernie did a great job, and I was happy to vote for him today. I saw his name in there, and I voted for him. I voted for him last time. I voted for him this time. I'm, but just so everybody knows, Joey B will probably be the nominee, and. <laughs> I'm not one of those Bernie supporters who's Bernie or bust. That is clear. I'm going to vote for Joey B, but I'm hoping, really hoping, that Bernie pushes him left. I've seen some evidence that that's happening, not enough, 
Like, for instance, in an attempt to win over uh, Elizabeth Warren supporters, Joe Biden said he was going to, he supported her bankruptcy, uh, her proposals for changing bankruptcy law, which is interesting because he was the opponent to it back in the day when it, the bill actually passed before Elizabeth Warren was a senator. So, you know, it's, he's cagey here. All right, I'll support Elizabeth Warren's uh, ideas, so that'll bring over Elizabeth Warren supporters, but I'm not ready to support Bernie on Medicare for All. Come on, Joey B., if anything shows that this country needs Medicare for all, it's this coronavirus scare. Absolutely proves that we need a health care plan that doesn't leave people in jeopardy worrying whether they can pay their health care bills. Doesn't leave people worrying, well, maybe I shouldn't go to the doctor. Even now, uh, there's a, are the tests covered? You get mixed uh, reports from like what it seems like whatever politician. Well, first of all, there are you can't even get a hold of that test. That's another thing. Uh, so if anything proves that we need, that Bernie was right, it's this current uh, scare we're having. So he's proud to vote for Bernie Sanders today. I know I shouldn't say that. They're going to take away my journalism card. Uh-oh, here they come. Take, they just ripped up my journalism card, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, man. Damn, I hate when that happens. You know, <laughs> journalism, I'm not going to tell you because I'm an objective reporter, okay? But uh... Come on, man. Everybody knows you could like figure people out. You know, you could just kind of read between the lines of what they wrote. You could know where they're coming from. Pretend you're actually like, like there's this notion of objectivity that is you're pure and you, you're like a scientist in a lab and it's just, you're dealing with just hardcore facts. Come on, folks. Anyway, happy to vote for Bernie. Glad that it's over. Hope we get out of this election day without anybody getting sick. And um, move on with democracy. We got a great show today. Yes, it's a little different over the phone. Maya, we're going to be calling her up. Ring, ring, ring. Uh, Mark Sims, we're going to call him up. Ring, ring, ring. Look, I have a rotary dial, Dave. <laughs> Millennials are like, well, first he was on the red box. No, it's the rotary dial. Oh, uh, they it, stopped listening. <laughs> actually, I shouldn't even uh, talk about millennials anymore. It's like younger than millennials. The, the, the lady at the checkout counter was 19, all right? And, uh, That's a Z. Uh, she didn't know what it was. I said, you know, here is... Oh, I, you brought it up to her. Uh, yeah, I did. we were of having course. a conversation about the red box. She says she likes the red box, too. Shout out to Jay Marie on the live stream chat. Why is Ben so ob obsessed with millennials? Uh, great question. I'm surrounded by them. Tell her. Well, oh, I told. Her, I said uh, his uh, kids are millennials. Yeah. I think and all their friends and the young doctor who's in the studio with me. Uh, anyway, Henry Davis by phone. We're gonna ring him up. Uh, he's in South Bend. Usually he drives in, and uh, he, of course, I don't know if uh, we've done bonus interviews with him, as Dennis pointed out. He's never actually done a, a live show interview. Uh, so he would have been in the studio for the live show. But unfortunately, because of the coronavirus outbreak, you know, he uh, we're going to do it by phone. Uh, but interesting guy. He's a uh, councilman from South Bend. He ran against Mayor Pete uh, for mayor back in 2015. He was uh, very critical of Mayor Pete on the show. And he's been on like three times, right, D? Something like that. Mm -hmm. and, Maybe like four or five. Uh, so it'll be interesting. If, I wonder if he saw Mayor Pete, uh, his performance on the Jimmy... Uh, Kimmel's show. He was the guest host a while ago. So get his thoughts on that. Get his thoughts on the primary. Uh, and uh, Henry... We should let Henry uh, Davis host the Ben Jarofsky show one day. And can I be a guest on that? That'd be cool. All right. That would be cool. He, I know he would love it. He would drive in from South Bend. Anyway, Henry Davis, we'll get him on the phone as well. So great show. A lot of political talk ahead of us. We got we talk about the debate. We can talk about the election. We can talk about the coronavirus. All good stuff. But before we do any of that, 
the young man from Alton. Oh, yeah, the man they call the doctor with the news. Hey, everybody, I'm Dennis. Is everybody doing all right? Are we hanging in there, listeners? I've been wondering about you people all weekend, and I hope you're using your brains during all this. Remember, wash yourself, watch yourself. Oh, and if anyone needs uh, tips on social distancing, please reach out. Turns out I'm really good at it. That's correct. The week ago was maybe my, my worst trade as a human being, but now all of a sudden I'm a genius, Ben. <laughs> Everybody's seeking advice. <laughs> You're doing it long before it was fashionable. <laughs> For those wondering what our schedule is looking like this week, well, we'll be here. I don't know about here in the studio, but we will be uh, delivering shows, content, all right, this week. Uh, today through Friday with bonus content on the weekends, just like we always do. Our scheduled guest will be joining us as well, but we're not savages, all right? For the time being, they will be safely quarantined and joining us over over the phone or by Skype. So uh, live streamers, get ready for some uh, bonus awkward content when we try setting that one up live. <laughs> and that's going to happen. Somehow or other, we will prevail. <laughs> so if you're uh, bunkered and hunkered down at home with nothing to do, we're going to be providing shows for you, content. Don't worry, just like we always do. Uh, as for the next week, who the hell knows? Now, booked, we, I, you know, I book ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So I'm completely booked for two weeks out, probably into three weeks. So, you know. Ben Jarosky, the only person in the world who <laughs> knows what's going to happen to his life in two weeks. Well, that's true. Yeah, there's <laughs> all, there could be just a breakdown of civilization as we know it. I'm depending on civilization continuing, although our president is so bad. Uh, but, yeah, we're, I'm looking at the little uh, book. We're booked, dude. We're booked through this week. And next, I'm looking at some great guests. Uh, Samina Mustafa will be here. Stacey Davis, well, not literally uh, here in the studio. Stacey Davis Gates, uh, PC, Peter Cunningham, Miles Conflassen, uh, a lot of great guests. Oh, the uh, political know-it-alls. Uh, we'll, we'll, oh, I wonder how we're going to talk to them on the I phone at the same time. We'll figure that one. They'll, they'll be passing the phone back and forth. <laughs> anyway. All right, but we do want to send good vibes out to our uh, Facebook friend and live stream listener, Bab. Bab always sends us his thoughts on the political news of the day. His comments have helped us uh, with show content on numerous occasions. And Ben, he did it again. Uh, Babbers is having a rough one at all this here. Bab posted an update on Facebook. He says, my ass has been stuck in Reno for two nights because this coronavirus weather system that has set up camp over the, uh, over the Sierras and won't move. I had this drive done in two days but now have to consider driving back to Utah, down to Vegas, across to L.A., then up to San Francisco. Mother beeper! <laughs> did he really write beeper or did he write the real oh, thing? Oh, he wrote mother beeper. Okay. Uh, Bab, yeah, Bab is, usually comes at us from the far left, so he takes issue, for instance, with my admiration for Nancy Pelosi. Although, again, always with Nancy Pelosi, I, I like the general direction, uh, but then I, it's like I wish he would push a little farther. The legislation that the House passed in terms of uh, helping the country in the, in the coronavirus, I don't think it went far enough. And it's always the Democrats. Just so, I, I know I shouldn't complain because they're the only adults in the room. The, the, the Republicans are, are, are totally worthless when it comes uh, to pressing issues that affect anybody other than their donors. Uh, but I just wish the Dems would go a little further, just a little further. Some of the provisions in terms of, uh, you know, guaranteeing people their their uh, their their wages if they don't work. I don't think uh, they went uh, a paid leave. is what I'm trying to say. I don't think they went far enough. But you know what? They're better than the Republicans, and that's 
that's where I always find myself, D. And my lefty friends are always, Ben, you're too accommodating with the Democrats. But, but then I like, they're so much better than the Republicans. Anyway, whenever I think of Babs, I think about his critique of Nancy Pelosi. Babs, we're sending good vibes your way, dude. All right, one more thing before we get to the local news. And we haven't done this in a while. And I think uh, now would be the perfect time to bring it back. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're stuck at home, maybe bored, or if there's something that, that you would like us to know, we encourage any or all of you this week to send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com, as we will attempt to bring you, this name's awesome here, I thought of this, the Ben Jarofsky Shows, you can't spell quarantine without Q&A, <laughs> special. Send us something, bennyjshow at gmail.com. It can be anything, a question, a statement, a song, a word, a video, a complaint, uh, whatever your bored quarantine ass wants to send, we will read it. Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. I'm going to be reminding you all about this throughout the week. The Ben Jarofsky shows you can't spell quarantine <laughs> without Q&A. Yeah, that's special. Really good. That's really good, man. Send us your questions and uh, hopefully... We can do that. All right. Now let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Happy Election Day, Illinois. Do you feel happy? <laughs> did you vote? I did. But if you didn't, I don't know. I kind of don't blame you. Sorry, Jeff, on the live stream chat. Well, I'm all over the map on this one, mm -hmm. D, uh, as I usually am on a lot of many issues. All right. Here's the deal. Uh, obviously, I believe that to be safe, we should minimize the amount of exposure we have to germs and other people. Obviously. Duh. Okay. Uh, on the other hand, the election is today, March 17th. Oh, so how long do we delay it? You know, how long do we, how long is this going to last? Is it going to get a lot worse before it gets better? I fear that. So, you know, what, what do we hold it off until June, July? Um, is voting any worse than going to the jewel? We still have to go to the jewel. We still have to go, I keep saying the jewel. We still have to go to grocery stores. So my sense is that the encounters we have in the grocery stores and the crowded aisles are worse than the encounters we have uh, in the voting booth or excuse me, in the polling places. So I guess if you push me, I'll say have the election. And um, because I, democracy goes on, I can't see an advantage to postponing it. Um, I have the feeling that... If we postpone, <laughs> you talk about a low turnout. If we postpone it to June, there'd be no turnout. So ultimately, I've said, have the election. I don't see anybody getting an advantage on it. But The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Tinas Fondelas and Mitch Dudek, the headline reads, as Election Day limps out of the gate, Chicago Election Board rips governor for not postponing the whole thing. Polls that failed to open, election judges that failed to show, promised bottles of hand sanitizer that failed to arrive, and low voter turnout. With the coronavirus on the loose, Chicago's elections on Tuesday today are looking like a shaky affair. Barely three and a half hours after the polls opened in Chicago, city election officials ripped Governor J.B. Pritzker for refusing last week to reschedule the whole thing and lashing back, Pritzker's office contended that it had offered Chicago reinforcements, including National Guard troops, to work as election judges, but the city failed to take the state up on the offer. Mm, who do you believe? Pritzker of the city. Uh, I saw this. Now, this is new uh, breaking. They're getting a lot sharper in their criticism. Today's uh, Sun-Times that I saw was, uh, I think it was Allen. Uh, Jim Allen was quoted. Uh, uh, Jim Allen, spokesman for the Chicago Board of Elections, was saying, 
Uh, how did he put, this was not our call. This is people higher up. And I think you could tell that we've expressed concerns. We are in orders to conduct an election, end of story, period. Uh, if we say anything now to raise doubts about whether tomorrow's election day, we'd stand accused of violating the law, et cetera. So he was making it clear uh, that they did not think it was a good idea to hold the election. They were not prepared for it. I Listen, they didn't have the sanitizers they need. You know, it's, it was funny. When I went to the, the polling place today, D, uh, there was a spot where you had – everybody was kind of lax. So there was that table where you go to sign up. You know, you fill out the paper so you can turn it in and get your ballot. Uh, and so it's a desk, it's a table roughly the size of this table. It's right in front of me. Uh, I don't know. What is that about four feet or so? Anyway, uh, so there's a gentleman already at the table. So I was standing back at least 10 feet to give him room to fill it out. And one of the election judges goes, Oh, you could just stand next to him. You could, there's, you could fill out the form right next to him. And I go, well, this is social distancing. So I was helping them. Not a lot of urgency in the, the polling place. So yeah, I can understand why people you know, are concerned. And um, I could, I can actually, like I said, I could see it on two sides of this. I just don't know when, when is this going to pass? So how late, how long do we hold off? And uh, you know, we wait till June, July. Um, so I could see it either way on this one. And again, I'll repeat what I said. The scene in the polling place uh, is no, it's probably it's probably safer than the grocery store. Ben, we heard that you are feeling the burn. You voted Bernie. What about the rest of that? Oh, well, I'm not supposed to tell you because I'm a journalist. Oh, journalist yeah, really? Are, you're, you're How about to... the Cook County State's Attorney's All race? Right. Who'd you vote for there? Bill Conway, right? I... Bob Fioretti. You love Bob Fioretti. <laughs> I do love Bob Fioretti. All right. And if I did my rankings, the rankings, I put them in the paper, actually have remained unchanged uh, since I put them in the paper. There's four candidates running the Democratic primary. Uh, the rankings, I'm going to go from lowest to highest, okay? So there's fourth, Bill Conway. I can't remember who was, th oh, third, Donna Moore. Second, Bob Fioretti. Number one, Kim Fox. Boy, what a roundabout <laughs> way to say you voted for Kim Fox. I do not actually technically say that, okay? Cook, Cook County Circuit Court Clerk, <laughs> who'd you vote for? Oh, my, uh, Jacob Meister. He was on the show. I thought he did a very compelling job of like, that is a, a entity. Okay, that should be the least political entity of them all. And that, of course, is the office that uh, is a repository for all the documents. It's like the most boring uh, position on the ballot. Nobody knows anything about it, but it's very important. They keep track of all the documents. Dorothy Brown held that office for, I forget how many years, a long time, 20 years, something like that. Uh, and she finally is uh, stepping down, not running for re-election. Her office was shrouded in all sorts of uh, uh, corruption charges, etc. And uh, so she just decided she wasn't going to run for re-election. And I just figure that the person you put in charge of that thing is somebody who is the good at arranging things you get what i'm saying and uh so i don't know if jacob meister is good at arranging things i don't know the guy personally I just had him in the studio uh once interviewed him i just have a sense that he understands as a working lawyer uh, what the office needs and that he's probably going to hire the right people to get it uh, in order so that's why i voted for him it's not as though i can absolutely assure you that he's the greatest he will be the greatest uh, clerk of the circuit court of all time, which, by the way, what an interesting thing. I was thinking about this with Kim Fox. I was arguing that she's 
perhaps the greatest state's attorney of my lifetime, realized that the competition is not great. I could not tell you who the greatest clerk of the circuit court is. Even as a political geek, I cannot tell you who the greatest clerk of this. It's, again, it's one of those offices, folks, that you know nothing about, but it's patronage rich. So in the old days of the Cook County Democratic Party, very important election because that's where you could put a lot of people, you know, a lot of patronage uh, employees who were expected to go out on election day, knock on doors uh, for the party. I thought someone really knocked. <laughs> So uh, I know things have supposedly changed in this day and age of the Shackman uh, agreement in which we're not supposed to have patronage uh, for these uh, civil service jobs. So anyway, I'm hoping Jacob Meister uh, can get that office in order. Wow. Shout out to KMA Barry. He weighed in on the live stream chat. He says, Ben's interview with Jacob Meister got me to switch my vote to him. So if he wins by one vote, the show gets the credit. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, KMA. Right, yeah. No, I, I know. And KM, I hear you because he convinced me, you know, uh, to vote for him because I thought he was very pragmatic in terms of what the uh, office needs and just getting it in order. Getting Like when you look for a file, a court file, you hope that it's there. And how about getting it completely computerized, digitized? I'm did, in, in this day and age, you know, you still get these folders like something out of Dickens' time. So it's just a very practical, pragmatic uh, change we need. And I recall, I said this during the interview, I remember when the, the Miguel Del Valle, who's now the head of the school board, he's appointee by uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot, became the city's clerk. And he put the minutes of city council meetings online. It was such a bold thing for Chicago. In the old days, there was this, you actually had paper files. You had to go to the library if you wanted to look at minutes. If you wanted to see what transpired at a city council meeting, you'd have to go to the library and get the books out. It was so old-fashioned. And uh, it was a big deal. Miguel DeVay, um computerized. This is like 2000 and I want to say eight, something like that, 2009. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, whoever gets elected as clerk of the oh. circuit court can do what Del Valle did. Shout out to Jay Marie. She's at, she asked the question, good call, Jay Marie. I almost forgot. Who'd you pick for water wreck? <laughs> I wrote in Jay Marie. I, uh, you know, guys, I have a confession to make. Please don't hold us against me, Jay Marie. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't. I really cannot remember. I was focused on president. I was focused on uh, Supreme Court. I was focused on uh, state's attorney. That was probably my number one. I. I'm, I'm going to probably talk about this with uh, Maya a little bit. It got personal with me when uh, old boy Conway put the ad. We had uh, Kim Fox on the show. She gave her ideas. She thought uh, the uh, our utter obsession with Smollett Gate was BS. She said, instead of saying BS, she said the word itself. Dennis won't allow me to swear in the show, so I won't say it. And uh, uh, Billy Conway turned that into a commercial that's going around the clock. So on one hand, he's promoting the show, so I can't complain. Uh, on the other hand, uh, he weaponized or attempted to weaponize something a guest said, and I just thought it was low ball. And uh, so I really voted. I was happy to vote for Kim Fox. In this Jay election. Marie responded, boo. <laughs> can't remember what. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jay Marie. 
All right, feel free I to... I thought she was booing because she loves Conway. No, no. She was booing. You can't remember who the hell you voted for I only a few hours ago. I'm okay. sorry. I apologize, Jay Marie. Uh, be like Jay Marie. Be like KMA Barry and weigh in on the live stream chat. Ask Ben who he voted for in a particular election. Please don't ask me what erect. Tell us who you voted for or weigh in with whatever. We always encourage that. And also, BennyJShow at gmail.com. Send us your emails because we're going to try to have ourselves so you can't spell quarantine without Q&A. Benny J Show special. We'll try and answer whatever questions you may have, comments, whatever it is. Send them our way and we'll talk about it. Our next guest is Maya Dukmasova, and I'm just going to call her right now. Let's see how this goes, huh? Oh, wow. You're going to do it live? Yep. Oh, wow. It's like the Howard Stern Show. Oh, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get Maya on the line, then we're going to take a break. How's okay, that sound? Okay, wow. This is a... Hello. Maya? Yes, I'm here. Hey, what's up? Hey, turn, uh, I guess I should turn you guys off. Turn, turn the radio down. We're right. live. <laughs> we'll take a break. Come on. Yeah. Can right. you hear me now? Yep, we can hear you. Hang tight. We're going to go to break and we'll be right with you. Okay. All right, cool. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Hey, D. Yeah? Did I tell you that the Ben Jarofsky Show is sponsored by Rattleback Records? No. Well, it is. Rattleback Records at 5405 North Clark Street is Andersonville's full-service record store. Hey, D. Did I tell you it was voted one of Chicago's best record stores in the 2019 Chicago Reader Poll? No. Well, it was. Wow. Rattleback Records, 5405 North Clark Street. Used and new LPs and 45s. They got CDs, DVDs, books, gifts, and much more. For more information, contact them at rattlebackrecords.com. That's R-A-T-T-L-E-B-A-C-K records.com. Hey, welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ordinarily, I'd be looking across the table at Maya. Uh, Maya comes <laughs> in. <laughs> but... Now you have to look at the across the table at an empty space. Yeah, I'm looking at an empty space, Maya. I'm looking at the chair where you usually sit, uh, and Maya walks into the studio with something on her mind. She sits down and she delivers. But now it sounds like you're in your kitchen and you're moving pots and pans. <laughs> Did you drop something there, Maya? Yeah, sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's live, and we're making the best of it as we go along. Uh, before we get started, I... I, I know you want to say something about reader donations and uh, a campaign that the reader has. So why don't you talk about that before uh, I start in on uh, the political issues of the day, as in voting in city has been rife with confusion in states holding primaries today. So talk about the reader donation drive. Yeah, so uh, as folks might, might or might not know, uh, the reader relies very heavily on advertising from local businesses to fund our operations. Um, the ads are in large part from venues, theaters, um, events that might be going on, everything that's arts and culture related, everything that's about, you know, being outside with other people, being, being in, in confined spaces with other people. And so as this um, coronavirus outbreak has gotten worse and businesses, those businesses have shuttered, this, um, you know, people are pulling their ads because 
you know, their, their revenue is down, so they can't afford advertising for events they can't host and, and, and plays and concerts that aren't going to go on. So um, obviously this really affects our bottom line and um, it's going to be a really hard situation. And luckily we are set up um, to take donations and moving to nonprofit status. So now more than ever, it's like really, really important that folks consider supporting us financially. You can sign up to be a member or just give a one-time donation. Um, but uh, yeah, it would be, it, it's really going to be a very hard few weeks for us uh, with the loss of this advertising revenue. So um, if you enjoy the reader, you know, we've been around every, every week since 1971 for free at your local businesses or at your local street corner. So um, I really encourage people to consider giving us a few extra bucks if you have them. And also we're having a fundraiser that's meant to support not only us, but local artists. Um, we are um, going to be creating a coloring book that will uh, include pages designed by local artists. And the proceeds from the sale of that coloring book um, are going to go partially to, to back to the artists who designed it and partially to us. So this is a really quick turnaround project. So if you're a local artist and you would like to contribute a page to the coloring book, you can go to the Chicago Reader website um, and you'll see that um, there's, uh, you'll see a link on there for the coloring book fundraiser, or you can just Google Chicago Reader coloring book fundraiser. And um, we are taking um, submissions from artists until the end of the day um, Thursday. And as far as uh, once we put it all together, we'll charge 20 bucks per book and this proceeds will be split 50, 50 with the artist. So please consider submitting your work. If you're an artist, please consider buying the book, uh, once it becomes available and keep, um, keep, keep an eye out for updates about that fundraiser. Again, you just Google Chicago reader coloring book fundraiser or go to chicagoreader.com and you should be able to find it. All right, very good, Maya. Thank you much for that. Uh, so let's talk a little politics uh, and uh, corona, uh, corona, <laughs> coronavirus. I this just popped up uh, on my phone. I'm going to share this with you. Uh, this is from the New York Times. Voting in cities has been rife with confusion in states holding primaries today, with uh, early turnout largely lower than expected. And uh, Dennis quoted earlier the Chicago Board of Election upset uh, some of their officials that the state even bothered to have the election, uh, wished that the election had been uh, delayed, postponed. Uh, I, my initial thoughts, and I'm sticking with them because I'm not just going to just flip in the middle of the show. At least I need 24 hours, uh, Maya, before I completely flip on my position, is that we should have had the election, get it over with. Uh, because I, you know, I don't know how long this crisis is going to last. What's your thoughts on all this? Well, um, so I, I guess I, I, I was listening to you earlier, and I see the point you made about turnout, about how changing election day might have really impacted turnout. But it, it feels to me like it was really um, irresponsible to continue to have election day today, especially since. It's clear that um, the local election boards and the state election board has really was not prepared to deal um, with what continuing to have the election today was going to require. I mean, I went to vote um, in Edgewater on 
Friday, um, the Edgewater Library, there were no lines. It was like the middle of the day. There were no lines. There were there was hand sanitizer and gloves at the polling place, so you didn't have to touch, you know, the pens, the clipboards, the 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 stuff that they give you, the ballot, the screens. You didn't have to touch any of that because there were gloves there. Um, the process went pretty smoothly. But then on Sunday, I heard from friends who went to early vote, um, and the situation was like pretty bad. Uh, I had friends who stood in line for three hours. People, people standing in line to vote really were not like respecting the distancing at all. And there hadn't been a, um, like today I saw Andre Vasquez had tweeted that he was at, at a local polling place putting down, not, not electioneering, but putting down tape to demarcate, you know, how, how far away people should stand from one another. Like there was nothing like that going on on Sunday, apparently, at the polling places that I heard uh, friends had been at. And, you know, and then there's like one pen and one clipboard that's being passed around. And the whole thing was just uh, um, really, uh, it's, 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 people are being squeezed together and things are not being sanitized. And it just really seems like this is exposing members of the community and voters to more risk and, and poll workers as well. Um, I mean, a lot of election judges and poll workers tend to be um, tend to be older. So this, this is a scary time for them. Yeah. The, uh, the irony is, as I said already on the show, is that nobody seemed too concerned at, at the polling place I went to about any of these uh, matters in terms of social distancing or whether the pens are sanitized. There was no uh, sanitizer that I saw. What, what, I brought what kind my of public own. was it at your polling place? Uh, uh, what was your question? What kind of public was it at your polling place that wasn't concerned? What oh, kind the, of persuasion were these folks? The, um, the, the election judges themselves didn't seem that very concerned. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but they just didn't seem very concerned about it. Uh, I already mentioned about how, you, you know, there was a table where we fill out the forms, and uh, they said, hey, go stand next to the guy and fill out. There's a form there. And I go, well, no, I'm trying to respect the six feet. Oh, yeah, yeah, the six feet. Uh, so... I hear you, and uh, you know, I, I guess this may be an instance where, as if I said, if this thing uh, pans out really poorly, that I may have to uh, flip. The, at the very least, it, it shows that it was not a lot. It doesn't seem as though there was a lot of coordination between the city and the state. Uh, there's already people pointing the fingers at each other: who should have done this? Who should have done that? Um, and uh, so I'm a little discouraged. I would have thought that they would have gotten down, they would have figured all this stuff out last week because they had a plenty of time uh, to plan this. No, listen, I mean, it, it, people are, I think folks forget that last week, I mean, think about it. I was in the studio last week telling, t- talking to you about Italy and Iran. And I told you guys, and I was talking about this last week about how bad this is going to get. It feels like it's been a million years since last week, yeah. but nobody was taking this seriously until last weekend. I mean, this is not, this is, this is, this has been such a fast moving situation. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how the calculation was made to still have election day. Like why, why, why this conclusion was different here than in Louisiana, but I don't know. I'm curious what you think. Like, who does it benefit to not move the election? Well, I've thought about this. Like, is there the my initial thought is that uh, any decision in the state of Illinois when it comes to election, this is just the cynic in me speaking, 
uh, is intended to benefit an incumbent, any decision. So, but I would say that if you move the election to June, it would benefit the incumbents even more than if you held it today, because I would believe that there would be a lower turnout in June or July or whenever you could get this, whenever this crisis passes. Uh, and s- because that would be an, uh, a, an election like we've never had, never had an election in the middle of June in the summer. Uh, so I would think that would be more beneficial to the incumbent. So I, I, I just think it's a wash in terms of uh, who it benefits. Um, I believe that more likely what we should have done now that I'm thinking through it is try to have an election where there are no polling places, where as much as possible it's through the mail, if such a thing is possible. I, I'm also really worried as I think ahead. We were, not, we were not in a position to have such an election in Illinois. We did not have any kind of infrastructure set up to make something like that happen. Absolutely. No way. So that this, would have, this, that this would have would required... Take years. This yeah. would take years to create. So that would have required uh, postponing into June or July if to, to set up that kind of uh, infrastructure. I'm concerned looking forward toward November. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't. Again, I have no yeah. idea how long this crisis will last. You're absolutely correct. The world is a different place this week than last week. When you came on the show last week sounding the alarm, some of our listeners saying, oh, she's gone too far, she's too extreme. Um, people were saying that? I didn't realize Yeah, that. a few people were saying that. Uh, but, you know, there's always got to be critics out there, Maya, so that's just the way of the world. Uh, um, welcome to my life. <laughs> welcome to my life. Um, and so, but you know, I think that you were just in tune with something beyond what normal Chicagoans were because... Yeah, well, like, I guess, I, I mean, I was just paying attention to the, the news in other parts of the world and seeing that this, this it was completely absurd to think that this wasn't going to play out the same way here and probably worse because people here think it's not going to be that serious. And also this is a way, 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 way bigger country with a way more bifurcated government structure than all the other places where this outbreak had happened. So I don't know. Do you see a political advantage to, to any particular uh, candidate or by having the election today? The turnout results. I just got the, the, the latest numbers from the Chicago election board and they have the numbers updated up until uh, through noon. So as of, um, yeah, in the 11 o'clock hour, so as of noon, what they have on here is that the highest turnout was among 55 to 64-year-olds, which I guess is pretty typical. Um, uh, That's pre, uh, sorry, that's pre-election day and election day. Mm -hmm. And just election day turnout um, sorry, I'm confused about how they're uh, creating this graph. Okay, yeah. So 55 to 64 year olds have so far had the highest turnout, and it's almost 50,000 votes. Um, and then, uh, you know, these are, I mean, these are people who vote for incumbents. And, you know, this is this is the demographic that's going to be voting for Joe Biden more likely and voting for other incumbents they're familiar with and are probably um, regular, reliable voters. And also people maybe who aren't absorbing the full, uh, the full, uh, the full importance of the social distancing. I mean, I don't know. People are going to get offended at me saying this probably, but the stories I've been hearing about how the sanitation is handled at the polls is that 
it's not the young people who are having a hard time socially distancing <laughs> and, you know, sanitizing their hands. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jay Marie, you listening to that? Get, Jay get Marie, your, get your people, Ben. <laughs> Jay Marie, you hear that? That's what I have to put up with millennials. Uh, these whippersnappers. Uh, Jay Marie's a listener uh, who uh, Maya was teasing me because I have an obsession with millennials. I, I hear what you're saying. By the way, they didn't even have it. I brought my own sanitizer. How about that? I'm an old geezer. Of Good the, for you. Yeah, my wife. God bless her. She gave me my own. Put it in a little uh, uh, box, and I brought it to the polling place and. I cleaned off the pen and you know, wiped off the, the surface. Uh, I voted and then, man, I sprinted home and washed my hands. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I, it, it, it was, listen, obviously it was not a perfect situation to put it mildly. Uh, and uh, as I sit here talking, I could see the reasoning for uh, delaying it. Uh, but then again, it's, June, July. How long is this going to be? It's the same question I had before. I just want to get through today, and 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 I don't know how much um, the election. Did you see? Did you impacted. see this very um, this very uh, uh, snippy statement from the governor's office in response to the Chicago Elections Board accusing them of not canceling the elections? Did yeah, you see this? Yeah. Right. Do you have it in front of you? It, yeah, do you want me to read, read it? Read it. Yeah, Dennis already read it. Read it again. All right. Okay, so la so this is a statement from the governor's office. Last week, the Chicago Board of Elections held a call with the governor's office, the House Speaker and Senate President, where they voiced concern about having enough election judges. The governor's office offered to provide the National Guard to help staff the election, and we also worked to recruit volunteers. 2,000 young people from the Mixed Challenge were turned away from volunteering because the board wouldn't reduce red tape. So instead of accepting help or offering any solutions of their own, the Chicago Board of Elections decided to wait until election day to get on a call with press and make politically charged accusations. Um, the governor cannot unilaterally cancel or delay an election. Elections are the cornerstone, blah, 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 of our democracy. We all know that. Um, uh, and then the statement ends with, Oh, what's concerning is that the board has time to play politics instead of doing their job. Instead of hosting a press call to, to pass on the blame for their failures, we would urge the Chicago Board of Elections to focus on ensuring our democracy can continue as uninterrupted as possible by troubleshooting the issue at the polls. This administration and the governor are focused on our critical health needs around the state today. The Chicago Board of Elections should find a way to do their job. Yeah, no, like I said, this, wow, I feel yeah. like I need to leave this conversation. Like, I feel like I need to leave the room, you know, <laughs> this is like, so this is so uh, fiery. Yeah, well, we're at that stage of a lot of finger pointing uh, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and really gets at the point that you were making. And that is, it's like a process we're going through as we deal with the ramifications of the coronavirus crisis. And as people become more and more aware that we have to be more and more vigilant. So we're now we're at the issue of what we should have done a week ago to prepare for the smoothest sailing on election day. Do you follow me? And now the, the yeah. Chicago Board of Election are saying the governor forced us to do this. The governor is saying we offered you assistance. You didn't take it. And I'm just listening to this uh, th this contentious fight. And I'm saying, 
Why weren't you guys on the same page a week ago? Maya was on the show warning us what we were facing. If Maya knew it, you should have known it. And so I, I have the feeling that's happening all over the country in many ways. Maya, I don't know if you saw yesterday, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York uh, was wide, mm -hmm. widely criticized because they, they had closed, they ordered closing of all gyms uh, in New York because uh, of the coronavirus. And he got his last day at his YMCA, his beloved YMCA. And, and even his friends were saying what a jerk he is, sending out the wrong message. So it's as though people believe it, but they don't want to believe it. Do you follow what I'm saying, Mai? They, they hear... They think it's not going to affect them. Yeah. They think I mean, it... I just don't know how else to... Yeah, people just don't think it's going to affect them. But I'll tell you what, I'll, this should make you feel better. And everybody else who thinks that America is lagging behind... I'm talking to my friends and relatives in Russia. People were going to 50,000, you know, 50,000 person soccer matches last weekend. And today I'm getting messages with, uh, you know, friends asking, hey, are you guys having this issue too, where people are making runs on grocery stores and buying up all the toilet paper? I was like, yeah, for like a week already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're reporting way fewer cases in Russia, but it like, obviously it's going to be an issue there too. And uh, people are like really not even fully woken up to the scale of the problem yet at all over there. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, and uh, it, it's one of the things we talked about. I urge everybody to check it out if you haven't already. When Howard Ehrman came on, Dr. Howard Ehrman, he was talking about the various ways uh, countries have dealt with this uh, crisis and like why South Korea uh, did it so well and what the United States could do better. Uh, and clearly... Uh, our leaders, as we're learning right now when we hear this war of words between Pritzker and the Chicago Board of Election Commissioners, clearly our leaders in the state of Illinois were not on the same page, uh, did not work all these things out. And Maya, from the get-go, we've had conflicting messages from our leaders. Uh, I can remember when, when in the early stages, Lori Lightfoot was urging people not to take it too seriously, not to panic, to continue uh, to go, for instance, to Chinatown. And uh, so, you know what I'm saying? There was conflicting messages as... Well, this is not... Okay, listen, I, I, I want to be careful and not to imply that anybody is in more danger because they went to Chinatown. Uh, you're in more danger if you're coming, if, if, if coming through the airport right now. I mean, I don't know if you saw these photos from O'Hare over the last few days, but... Uh, you know, people are just spending hours and hours and hours in very crowded, confined conditions with tons of other people coming, traveling from all over the world. Yeah. And no, th I know. That's like by far the most dangerous thing that could be happening probably now, much more so than whether or not you went shopping yeah. in Chinatown. Yeah. No, I understand what the, the point that you're making. I'm just saying that I'm not picking on Chinatown. I don't think Chinatown was any more dangerous than any other uh, section of the city. I'm just saying that... The uh, the city and the state's attitude toward this virus has sort of been a work in progress, and I've watched it uh, develop over time. Uh, all right, now it's election day. We talked about the uh, the impact of the coronavirus on election. Uh, what are you going to tell us about who you voted for, Maya? Or are you one of those journalists who say I won't say who I voted for? Listen, the people who follow me already probably can 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 make their own conclusions about it. Don't put me in this position. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to continue to not be on your bandwagon about this because the thing that comes after my name in, in, in descriptions of what I do for a living is not columnist. 
So nice. I'm going to refrain from answering that question. I think that's a duck and a dodge, Dr. D. <laughs> fine, uh, <laughs> fine, that's fine. <laughs> all right, very good. Let's play that game for a little while longer. All right, uh, Maya, I'm going to let you go. But before we do, one more time, tell folks uh, about the reader donation drive and the coloring book uh, drive. Yeah. Yeah, so um, if you go to chicagoreader.com slash donate or uh, chicagoreader.com slash support, um, you can um, become a member and sign up for a regular contribution for the reader as we've been doing for a year now. Um, Or you can give a one-time donation and any little bit really helps us now because we've lost so much revenue from advertisers pulling their ads because so many of our advertisers are also really impacted by the outbreak because there are venues and theaters and um, events that are now not happening um, or have to shut their doors. So, and the coloring book fundraiser, um, you can find information about that um, on our website. Let me um, see if I can get like an easy uh, description of how people can get to it. So if you go to chicagoreader.com, you should be able to, um, yeah, on the on the on the front page, on on sort of like in the middle of the page, you'll see Chicago Reader Coloring Book Fundraiser. You can also just Google Chicago Reader Coloring Book Fundraiser. And what we're doing now is through Thursday, we're collecting um, uh, submissions from artists um, for the coloring book. So uh, any local or even I guess non-local artists, if they, if they want, can um, can submit um, uh, a page for the coloring book, something Chicago themed. Um, all the details are provided on, on our website, and uh, we will take submissions through 5 p.m. on Thursday, and those can be emailed to our publisher, Tracy Bain. Um, the final size, uh, the, once we get all of this together, we'll create a PDF of the coloring book, um, and it'll be 20 bucks uh, per book, and we will split the proceeds 50-50 between um, ourselves as the reader and the artist who... Uh, have contributed to the book. So please consider um, uh, participating in that way, whether you're an artist or uh, if you're someone who needs something to do while you're quarantined at home. Um, And yeah, and uh, we really appreciate everyone's support and continued engagement with us. And the thing that I, and I talked about this on Twitter yesterday, but basically, I mean, The Reader is, is an arts and culture focused publication. And it's really the arts and culture scene in the city that allows your work and my work, which isn't so focused on the arts, uh, to, to, to be to continue. Um, but without the arts and culture uh, part of our world, we really couldn't exist at all. And, um, you know, we're not necessarily the best equipped organization to give you, you know, up to the minute updates about coronavirus. But, you know, the things that we do, the other news organizations couldn't do even when there isn't a crisis going on. So, um, I hope people will um, kind of consider that there's other kind of stuff that they'll need beyond the crisis, beyond information on the crisis. So, um, yeah, thank you all for your support. All right. Very good, Maya. Thank you so much. Let's get back to your day. Thanks a lot, Maya. Ben, let's 
Just call up Mark Sims now and see if we got him, huh? Oh, you going to do that again? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Turns out it's very helpful if I just do it this way. Go ahead. Do your thing. I love All it right. when you do this. It's like the Howard Stern show. Okay, that was like 20 years ago. Okay, <laughs> let's see here. Okay, so we just did a Google call with Maya. All right. And uh, we're just testing this out to see how it goes. We're going to do a Facebook call. Uh, You're welcome, Zuckerberg, yeah. with Mark Sims. My micro oh, there we go. Let's see if Mark Sims answers. And then we'll get Mark on the line. We'll take a break. How's that sound? Oh, man. Okay, is it working? See, look wow. at that. Mark Sims, Damn, how's it going? That sounds man? good, right? Is it working? Are yeah. we on? Yeah. You're on, you're live. So don't swear. Don't swear. You can swear. It's a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can swear. Go ahead, drop the F-bomb. Okay, don't. I mean, if it feels natural, do it. No, I'm not running for state's attorney, so. <laughs> oh. This sounds... This sounds no, I'm voting for Kim Fox. It sounds very clear. It sounds good. Um, uh, Mark, we're going to throw you on hold. If you have us uh, turned on on YouTube, just make sure that's off, and uh, we'll be right back, and we'll talk to you, okay? Cool. Cool. Man, that sounds awesome. Ben, go wash your hands. We'll be right back. Ben Drowski show will continue. When you lose a loved one whose wishes were to be cremated, Chicagoland Cremation Options provides your family a dignified and affordable cremation service. Chicagoland Cremation Options helps you bypass the expensive overhead of a funeral home or cemetery by streamlining the cremation directly. It saves you sometimes thousands of dollars. Chicagoland Cremation Options Crematory, just south of O'Hare, five minutes west of Chicago. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. You can find them at chicagolandcremationoptions.com. One more time, chicagolandcremationoptions.com. It's Chicagoland's adult entertainment playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater. 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater. Open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. <laughs> 